Pastor Ed Taylor says every life is touched by trials, so we shouldn't be surprised when it happens to us. There is no way whatsoever any of us in this room, listening live on the radio, listening at a later date, that any of us can sidestep the pains and problems and sorrows and sufferings of life. They come to us all, both those that have a faith in Jesus Christ and those that don't. As Jesus would teach us in Matthew chapter 5, he reigns on the just and the unjust. It's the same for all of us. And it's in this series of Bible studies over the next few weeks that we'll grow in our understanding of how God uses them all. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You We are delighted to be with you today. This is Abounding Grace. You picked a good day to join us as we launch Ed Taylor's new series, Help for the Troubled Heart. And it's our prayer that you'll not only be encouraged by this series, but also grow in your understanding of how God uses pain and difficulty in our lives. Ed, before we begin, what prompted you to do a study like this? Larry, what prompted me to do a study like this? I have to say very real and, and, and very candidly, the death of my son uh, that changed the whole direction of ministry in my life. It added to me um, channels of love and mercy and grace and hope and comfort and compassion like never before in my life. I mean, I've always loved and cared and served for the hurting, uh, but when the hurt in my life went deeper than I ever could have imagined, um, it opened up so much to serve uh, and, and to love on people that are hurting. And this particular study, now for you know, now many years after my son's passing, um, was just the right timing. It was the right timing to put these studies together, to develop them in a way that will minister to hurting hearts. And I love the title. I love the title of the series, "Help for the Troubled Heart." And that's exactly what we aim uh, to give you through the systematic study and teaching of God's Word. So buckle up, hang on, come to the Lord open, prayerful, and ready for the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Uh, we look forward to hearing how God blesses and encourages and uplifts you every day through this series. All right, let's get into the message. Here's Pastor Ed to get our new series underway. 1 Peter chapter 4 in a Bible study that I've entitled, Every Life is Touched by Trials. Every life is touched by trials. Now we learn something in the Bible and it's simply this. Everything under the sun, S-U-N, is vanity and emptiness. That's another way of saying that this world has nothing for us. As we turn to the left and we turn to the right, we learn that everything under the sun as we seek satisfaction and peace in the things of this world, is emptiness and vanity. That's the testimony of King Solomon. He had it all. Everything a person would want, Solomon had and more. 
He had money, he had wisdom, he had possessions, he had power, he had prestige, he had as many women as he wanted, but nothing satisfied him. He was left empty and hollow. He writes the biblical book Ecclesiastes, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to let us know how it all went as he chased after these things. But at the end of the book, in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, he comes to the wonderful conclusion, and I'll share it with you now. He says in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. That's the summary. With a man that's had everything, and a man that's experienced so much, and a man that had overabundance, I dare say there are some of you listening right now that you think if you just had, there would be peace. If you just had more of, there would be happiness. If you just had what they had, oh, so, so, so much satisfaction would come to my life. But take it from Solomon. If you seek peace and satisfaction from anywhere else than Jesus Christ, you will be left empty and hollow. And while it's true, everything under the sun, S-U-N, is emptiness and vanity, everything in the sun, S-O-N, is precious and wonderful. A relationship with Jesus Christ satisfies the hurting soul. It satisfies the one that's struggling. But that's a hard thing to hear, isn't it? Everything in the sun is precious and wonderful. There are some of you right now giving resistance. You go, wait a minute, Ed. Wait a minute. Everything? Everything? Everything in the sun is precious and wonderful? Is that just another pastoral platitude that you throw out like we're all supposed to accept everything? Listen, I realize that life is filled with pain and sorrow. And I recognize that that's a hard thing to hear. Because we have to ask, if everything in the sun is so wonderful and great, then what about my broken dreams or my broken relationships or shattered lives? What about sickness, disease? What about divorce and abandonment? What about pain and sorrow and suffering? What about death and grief and lingering discouragement and depression? What about, what about the womb? that won't conceive? What about the lost baby? What about my past? I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. They're a part of my life. They're in the sun. How can they be precious and wonderful? Peter says in our text in verse 19, he says, therefore let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. Suffering according to the will of God. As we survey the scriptures, we find many people that could ask similar questions in the circumstances of their life. Consider Joseph. As we're introduced to Joseph, he's sold to traitors by his own brothers. Literally sold. The brothers go home and lie to their dad say that Joseph is gone and done with. Then he's falsely accused. Then he's thrown in prison. Then he's forgotten 
for 13 years to waste away. I mean, if we were there with Joseph in the pit saying, it's going to be okay, Joe, don't worry about it. We know the end of the story. God is going to use this for good. You know, it would be easy to say, but it would be hard for Joseph to say, what? You're standing there, dude. Get me out. I don't want to know about 40 years from now or 30 years from now. Get me out now. And yet, what happens in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20? Joseph went from the pit to the prison to the palace because God had a plan for his life. And it was in that place in the palace where he is able to look at his own brothers, arranged sovereignly by God, to look at his own brothers and say, hey guys, I just want you to know, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. To bring it about even as it is this day to save many. There's a purpose to pain. How about Moses? Moses spent two-thirds of his life in the wilderness. The, the second 40 years of his life, he spent in the wilderness in isolation, alone. Why? Because of his disobedience. He sensed that he was a deliverer sent by God, but he took things into his own hands, killed a man, and spent 40 years in the backside of the desert, alone and isolated. Nowhere near where he believed God would have him. And yet what God was doing in those 40 years was undoing all the things that the world had taught him in the previous 40 years. And then when it was time, he rose up to deliver the people of God only to spend the next 40 years of his life in the wilderness wandering around with murmuring, complaining people. Even from his own mistake at the end, he didn't enter in but little did he know. I mean, can you think? You could speak to Moses in the wilderness and say, hey, bro, I'm telling you, your ministry is going to be worth it. The time you're investing in Joshua, it's going to be amazing. You will, be, you will just be blown away by how much Joshua is going to do as he takes the next generation, conquers the land, the nation gets established, and it opens, it paves the way for the Messiah to come. But if you would have told Moses that, he's like, what? I just... I just want to get back to where I think God wanted me. How about those young men we know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Their whole life was ahead of them. They had everything. They were young. They were vibrant. They had a tenacious faith in God. And what happened to them? They were taken into captivity. And it wasn't even their own doing. They were taken into captivity for mistakes of the previous generations where God was exacting his Sabbath rest that was avoided for so many years. And there they are, young and thriving, men of God, bound and thrown into the fiery furnace. And I'm sure if we were able to get to them before they got close to the fire and say, guys, you don't, don't understand. You don't understand. You're going in bound, but you're coming out loosed. You're going to be a testimony of faithfulness to every young man and young woman that will read your story in the future. It'll be amazing. It'll be great. Can you imagine their response? Would you just let me out and save me from the fire? But it wasn't God's will. They were to go into that fiery furnace and they went in bound and tied, but they came out free. Why? Because God was working. God is always working through the trials in our lives. There isn't ever a time where God is not working all things together for the good. This is so important. Grasp this. 
as we begin our time studying this important topic. There is no way whatsoever any of us in this room, listening live on the radio, listening at a later date, CD, MP3, you are listening on the app, however it is you're hearing my voice, there is no way whatsoever that any of us can sidestep the pains and problems and sorrows and sufferings of life. They come to us all, both those that have a faith in Jesus Christ and those that don't. As Jesus would teach us in Matthew chapter 5, he reigns on the just and the unjust. It's the same for all of us. And it's in this series of Bible studies over the next few weeks that we'll grow in our understanding of how God uses them all. And we begin here in 1 Peter chapter 4 in verse 12. As Peter, from experience, would write, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. And that's the problem, isn't it? That's the difficulty with any trial, big or small, that comes into our lives. It's met with shock and surprise. We're shocked and surprised that such a thing would happen to me. And it's a natural response to which Peter says, don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. And yet, thinking trials are strange is a stumbling block for us. It has a tendency to undermine our faith. Somewhere in our minds, we really do believe that we should avoid some things for our dedication to following God. It's just built into us. And the more comfortable things are in our lives, the more disruptive a trial will be. And the more disruptive a trial will be, the more we'll begin to question the faithfulness of God and wonder in a very real way, why is this happening? It seems strange to us that the righteous suffer while the ungodly seem to have it all. It seems strange to us that after all that we've done, our time will be rewarded with such pain. It seems strange to us that here we are living for God while others hate God and seem to prosper. It's times like these where questions are asked like, is this how God treats his children? Is this how God rewards faithfulness? Is this my God's reward for good behavior? And we think it's strange. It's not an unusual feeling. If you would, turn your Bibles to Psalm 73. It's not unusual. The psalmist was wrestling with this. He considered it strange, the circumstances of his life. He didn't quite understand why he was under such difficulty and he has experienced such a trial and then those that hated God openly seem to get away with everything. Pick up with me in verse 1, Psalm 73. Truly God is good to Israel, to such as pure in heart. That's a good beginning. Verse 2, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. There are no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace, verse 6. 
Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than their heart could wish. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walks through the earth. Therefore, as people return here, and waters of a full cup are drained by them. And they say, verse 11, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely I've cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I've been plagued and chastened every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. Verse 16, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Let's pause there. He's wrestling with the very things of which we speak. He looks around and sees the atheist, and he sees the agnostic, and he sees the pagan, and he sees the God-hater, and they appear to never have a problem. They appear to never have a difficulty. Then he looks at his own life, and he says, wait a minute. I love you, God. I'm dedicated. I lead worship for you. I serve you. And it was too painful for me to figure it all out. And then things change in verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. So many times we gather together simply to gain a right understanding and a right perspective of the faithfulness of God. That that is what many of you will simply receive today of all that is shared and all the scriptures that are given, what God will give you today is a renewed perspective on the reality of your life and his faithfulness. And other things will follow as you grow in his grace and his knowledge. We need to come together for the right perspective because trials and difficulties tend to isolate us and pull us away from the very people that God wants to help us. In life, in the real world, things will be hard and painful. Yes, good things happen to bad people. And yes, bad things happen to good people. And yes, bad things happen to bad people. And yes, good things happen to good people. We all experience similar things. And I have to say, you know, as a pastor, a fellow believer, What I see on so-called Christian television today when it relates to sickness and pain makes me sick. It made me sick many years ago, but after the loss of my son, it makes me even sicker to see people taken advantage of in their deepest pain. What we hear on on television today is this constant barrage of false claims by false teachers that if you just give to their cause, if you just support their ministry, if you just give them your money, then you will have special favor that's connected to them and sickness won't touch you and tenfold blessings will follow you. And to that I say, nonsense. It's untrue. It's not right. Everyone goes through pain. If you give and you give right now, and even to the point where you need some faith, I'll tell you, here, give by faith. Take out your credit card. I know you don't have any. It's a ripoff. And it's not true. Let me, let me just say that there are some in our congregation right now. One of them, God put on my heart this morning to email her. It's a widow in our church. 
I haven't seen her around in a while, so I texted her, I, I emailed her, and I said, Are you doing okay? Everything all right? And she shared with me an update, and then the second paragraph of her email said, you know, I just can't come to church right now for a variety of reasons in her own heart, the burden she carries. She just doesn't have the energy in this season of her life to be among the saints. Yes, she connects online, and, and yes, we hear from her from time to time, and we pray for her that she'll get strong enough to return, but she, like many, are at home right now alone and isolated and vulnerable because you just don't have the strength whether it's widowhood or discouragement or depression, whether it's a business loss or a divorce, whether it's a financial difficulty, across the board, there are the weak and the vulnerable. And what is being propagated on television is not the real world. It's TV land. It's unreal. Because those in the real world are ministering to real needs and real people and real suffering, and real sorrows, that Jesus Christ himself has made the way of healing and hope and a peace to the soul by faith. If you'll turn to him, he has given to you peace and freedom for free. It's a free gift of God, the grace of God. Real people suffering with real things and have a genuine growing faith in Jesus Christ. The suffering in your life is not because you lack faith. The suffering in your life is because we all go through suffering and difficulties and trials. I see and hear things almost every day, difficult things within the context of our ministry here. I mean, that's why you need to be praying for your pastors and your leaders because they too see things and hear things all day, every day to the point where even when they start hearing things, they become, we become discouraged in our own Christian life, keep hearing the brokenness of sin in people's lives. To, to hear yet again of someone falling off the wagon and making some huge mistake destroying their family, to hear again of another prodigal child, to hear again of another court date, to hear again of another life lost while they're a prodigal, and on the list will go. It can be discouraging on top of discouragement, but back in Peter, in 1 Peter, he tells us, don't think it strange. If you like to write in your Bible, circle the word strange, and write next to it in verse 12, astonished, surprised, to be shocked, or to be amazed. Don't be astonished of the fiery trial that's about to try you or the one that you're in right now. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. Don't be amazed. It's normal. It's normal Christian life. I like how the New Living Translation translates that verse. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if some strange thing was happening to you. Or I like to paraphrase the message. He does a good job with this verse. He says, friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Don't think it's strange, church. It's normal. Hard, but normal. A good reminder as we close. Trials are to be expected along life's road. And while they are hard, we have God Almighty to walk with us and help us through them. Today on Abounding Grace, we kicked off Pastor Ed's series, Help for the Troubled Heart, and we look forward to bringing it your way in the days ahead. 
And I'd imagine this is just what many of you are needing to hear right now as you're in the midst of a difficult season of life. If you'd like to request this entire series or today's study alone, please call 877-30-GRACE. We ask for $2 per CD. That's 877-304-7223. You can also access the studies online at helpforthetroubledheart.com. You'll also find many other resources designed to encourage and build you up in the Lord at helpforthetroubledheart.com. Another way to listen to Ed's teachings is through the Calvary Aurora app. Search for Calvary Aurora. And you might also want to download the Grace FM Colorado app for more biblical encouragement. If your heart is troubled today and you'd like someone to pray for you, we'd invite you to send in your requests for prayer at calvaryaurora.org. Thanks for your generous gifts to support Abounding Grace. Your donation will serve to help us bring these daily studies to your station and many others like it every day. Call us at 877-30-GRACE or donate online at calvaryaurora.org. Glad you've taken time out for our study. We'll bring you more help for the troubled heart from Pastor Ed Taylor next time on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor is presented by Calvary Chapel Aurora.